1: This is Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Hello, friends. Mike Lee here. Clark Hilton is across the glass and across the desk, my dear friend James Autry. James is the executive director and community collaborator of Serving Our Neighbors, a nonprofit 501c3 organization serving our neighbors right here in the Portland area. And you may remember James as the former executive director of the entity once known as the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest, where both James and I served for years on the executive board with some wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. So we'll be asking about that as well as serving our neighbors. So, James, first of all, welcome, to your friend.
2: Hey, it's great to be back. I love hanging out with you, and thanks for the
1: connection point. Always appreciate having you here. So tell me exactly, for Serving Our Neighbors, what does a community collaborator do?
2: (laughs) Well, that's the fun part. Um, I get to throw parties. I get to throw events. I get to bring people together, watch them connect, and just take it to the next level and just keep that stirred up. And so that's what I do. I I build community, build collaboration, and the fun part is just uh, watching new friendships develop.
1: And you're good at that. You've done so many <laughs> meetings and events since I've met you. Yeah, with probably Christian Chamber, we did like seven hundred half years ago. <laughs> yeah, <you're, laughs>
2: eleven a month for the last seven years. Is
1: like you're crazy. the Energizer Bunny. If there was a place to be, it seemed you're always there, ridiculously early in the morning or crazily late at night. It seemed like you were everywhere. So, is that still working out for you, or? Over time, have you been able to delegate more duties off rather than be there in person yourself as a husband and as a father?
2: Sure, sure. I mean, I mean everything's got to fit. And um, the word balance, uh, to be honest, uh, we heard from one of our speakers years ago at the Marketplace Summit. It's not in the Bible. It's not a biblical term. You don't balance one thing against the other, but you do uh, get to a place where you hit convergence. Uh, Brent Johnson is the speaker that talked about that, and he was saying that's where your career, your calling, your community, and your creativity, all hits this place where everything is blended together. And wow, you are just in your zone all the time. You're doing exactly what you're called to do. It's right wrapped around with your creativity. You get to do really cool stuff. Uh, It's all about community, and it's what you do for your career. It's what you do for money. It's what you do to live. And so... Sometimes that engages my family in what I do. Sometimes it does like tomorrow morning we're going to do our downtown prayer walk. We've done it for a year and a half at Pioneer Courthouse Square. I'm taking my 8-year-old cuz he wants to go. <laughs> you know, and that's the kind of stuff that I love to do and love to see others model is to where we're not balancing one thing against the other. We're really watching God put all the pieces together and it takes time to get that in place.
1: So James Alter you've got three sons if i remember correctly yeah, right William
2: is 16 Oliver is 15 and Alec is uh eight going on 20
1: already <laughs> cuz i remember you sharing the story Oh, about yeah. how Alec was born in your BMW. He was. It was. Uh, yeah, you were the all ultimate, the way, but exactly. traffic being what it is, sometimes <laughs> you gotta pull off at the side of the road and take care of business. So I
2: did not do that. <laughs> we <laughs> we were leaving Southeast Portland. It was uh three weeks before the snowstorm in two thousand eight. His due date was actually Christmas Day. My birthday's the day after. Uh but yeah, um Tuesday morning Susan had an ultrasound uh visit at the doctor's office and I said, you yeah, know, I think I need to take you rather than the boys to school and so a friend took this boys and so i headed out and as we were moving from southeast portland and over the ross bridge he's crowning and by the time we get through the tunnels and into washington county at saint vincent there he's out and in the car <laughs> it's like wow and it's all as i'm driving you know and breathing with my wife and we've done this two times already at least she did done it i've been in the room mm-hmm. but the i knew i needed to get to where i was going susan knew she needed to birth this baby uh, I was going to stop on the side of the road for fifteen minutes or an hour or whatever to wait for somebody to find us, and that's what i'm talking about you're at this place where you know what your assignment is, and it is major drama, but it is a place of peace total i mean I could feel god's presence in the car, and I knew that we were okay. I just knew that if we needed to get to the hospital so there's any issues, and so I show up and there's twelve people out front as I walk through the emergency door saying, "What do we do? Do we cut the?" You know? You know, cable, you know, the cord or whatever, and it was it was hilarious the whole day. That's my life.
1: What an epic story that is from <laughs> you, James Autry. And, and that, my friends, is evidence of God, because how on earth can you cross town from the west side to the east side and vice yeah. versa and the Ross Island Bridge area with a supernatural piece? Well, That's see, just not normal.
2: I was not honking the horn. I was just in the flow of traffic, but cars literally moved out of the way, and I was in a flow, and everything just flowed. As Susan is birthing this baby, you know, and you, it, it, it was an interesting experience. There was a video that came out a couple of years ago on YouTube about a young couple that had to drive like 30 minutes to get to their hospital. And I showed it to Susan and she said, I'm not going to watch that because it was so, it, it was exactly what happened. <laughs> he had the camera running the whole time.
1: Good but stress-inducing memories, so. This is crazy. How did we get here? So <laughs> when This is life. When Alec goes <laughs> on this prayer walk with you,
2: yeah, yeah, is yeah. he going
1: for the prayer aspect, a great excuse to hang out with dear old dad, or a combination of Both. the two? That's what I'm
2: talking about. It's convergence. He's getting to experience what I do all the time. He's being exposed to it. He's hanging out with dad at the same time, and anybody that shows up for this prayer breakfast at 7 a.m. after we go walking and praying, I buy you breakfast. And wow, that's a deal, you know. We go to Mother's in Hilton or, you know, someplace really nice downtown. And so that's the fun part of it. Yeah, he gets to spend that time with Dad, but at the same time, he gets to watch other adults pray to God for the city and be able to, you know, have a compassion for the the people that we're walking by and the people that come up and ask us for money and And all that kind of stuff, he gets to experience that. And that's what I'm talking about. You get this place where you're in that zone and and you're in that flow and and you're serving your neighbors in everything you do.
1: (laughs) Converging with James Autry, the executive director of Serving Our Neighbors, where he also serves as the community collaborator and personality-wise and skill set-wise, who better than you, James Autry? So for people perhaps newer to the area or, or less familiar with the website servingourneighbors.org, can you give us the view from 30,000 feet of what exactly is serving our neighbors, sure. why, and how can people contribute and help?
2: Well, I start out with a verse from scripture, uh, Jeremiah 29, 7. Work for the peace and the prosperity of the city where I've sent to you, to exile. Pray to the Lord for its for its welfare will determine your welfare. So very specifically, God says, so these Israelites that are going into Babylon for 70 years, they're being kicked out of their homeland because of disobedience. Work for the peace and prosperity of the city. And the word peace there is the word shalom. But the shalom, the biblical meaning for that is wholeness, fullness, nothing missing, nothing lost, as it should be. And then it means also peace because that's when peace comes, when things are the way they should God designed them to be. So he says work for that, seek for that, even in this, Babylon kingdom I'm sending you to and pray agree with me in what I want to do and as you prosper and the city's prospers you will prosper I mean it, everything will grow up and you'll see life happen rather than death and destruction and that's what we're talking about with Sarah and Naveridge it's very intentional very strategic prayer very and that prayer's not begging god for stuff it's agreeing with what we've already heard he wants to do in our city and we just say, Lord, you said we agree. And, Lord, we see this. Lord, this is what needs to happen here. We agree with what you want to say. Then we watch that manifest as we go do and be the answer to that very prayer. I mean, we've got a very strategic event. We've been praying for homelessness for 10 years, okay? I was at a meeting at City Hall, downtown Portland. Eric Sten was the commissioner. He pulled this kit together. All these pastors, a couple of business guys, Palau Association with there and said, Hey, we're three years into this 10-year plan to end homelessness in Portland. And this was 10 years ago. It, it did not end. But he did say that for three years, we've been doing all the things we're doing, providing housing and services and all that kind of stuff. And those who don't have a connection to a spiritual community, they're right back on the street. And we have to help them all over again. But the people that are connected to a spiritual community, and he's talking to pastors right there at City Hall, they, we don't see them again. They're gone. They're, they're off the streets. And he said, we need you to come together, so we need to bring government and business and faith community. So to preface that, now, March 23rd, coming up at the Aladdin Theater, we've got this amazing event taking place. Kevin Plow emailed me, and Ben Sands with the Portland uh, Leadership Foundation came out and said, hey, James, can you help promote this? We're going to bring pastors and business people and the government leaders together to talk about what we've been doing with homelessness and the foster care crisis that we have here in the, in the Northwest. And let's... Talk about what we can do next. What's the next step? So on March 23rd, 4.30 p.m., Aladdin Theater right there at Powell in Milwaukee in southeast Portland, show up, hear what God's doing, and be a part of the solution. And that's the kind of stuff that we promote and get behind.
1: 4 p.m. at the Aladdin Theater, where we've seen some wonderful, diverse acts, everyone from... I will admit, Striper to Straight No Chaser for the joy of it had a One Heart PDX event there yeah. for their women's ministry that not only sold out, but wow. we had to turn away a hundred women wow. at the door. So we love the Aladdin, and there, there are plenty of twenty-four-seven places you can eat around there. Also, so you know, might want to get there slightly early because street parking is what it is. Yeah. But it is a lovely historic building, and. How much better a reason to visit the Aladdin than on March twenty third, yeah. when we're trying to help out people exactly. a- and exactly. meet and 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 indeed converge.
2: And the goal of that is to come together and to listen and to talk and to share. Uh, again, there will be some presentations. And I don't know. I'm not facilitating the meeting itself. I'm just asking people to come. And, and if you have a, uh, something God's put on your heart, come and, and see. Even if you don't get to talk to everybody, there may be somebody in that audience that you need to connect to.
1: Well, in this era, we are seeing so much divisiveness now more than I can remember any time recently, James yeah. Autry. So what better excuse can you have than trying to help out the homeless to come and meet with others who may or may not look like you, sound like you, vote the same way that you do, But somehow we all have these common threads that we do indeed want to end homelessness in the Portland area and, and everywhere, yeah, for that matter.
2: As we've been praying, the Lord said to me, he said to me uh, in the scripture very clearly, said, you will always have the poor with you. He said to me, I, don't, I did not say you will have the homeless with you. And I said, oh my gosh, that's right. You didn't say we would have homeless. There's no reason someone should be homeless. That's a failure of our community. It didn't used to happen. You always had poor, and you always will have poor. Jesus said that, but there should be no homeless, you know, and that's where the church and the government and faith community. And I've got some great ideas, and we'll see what happens and where it leads. You know, there's some amazing resources out there that just need to be connected, and we'll see what God does. So we're about
1: <laughs> to take a break, but right now, James Autry of Serving Our Neighbors, do you have any good website addresses, which I will indeed Link up to truetalk800.com sure. and throw it up on the Difference Makers page. So well, don't right cards, write your things down right As we're talking about
2: now. prayer and that kind of stuff, go to prayingforpdx.com.org, however you want to put the number for or, or, the, or spell it at F-O-R, prayingforpdx.com.org, whatever. That will take you to this prayer calendar, all these initiatives, things that we're working together on the prayer front. And it highlights a lot of stuff that's happening in the city.
1: This is just one of the projects being worked on by community collaborator and executive director, James Autry of Serving Our Neighbors. Check out more on the website, servingourneighbors.org. That's servingourneighbors.org. More with James Autry next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Welcome back to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with James Autry, who serves as community collaborator and executive director for Serving Our Neighbors. With more information online, at servingourneighbors.org. That's servingourneighbors.org. And joining us right now, it's Dan Terry, who serves as Serving Our Neighbors Development Director, in addition to being an event manager, managing events for EPLF. So Dan, welcome. Thanks for joining us here on Difference Makers. And would you like to give us just a 30,000-foot view of what you do with EPLF and who that is?
3: Sure. Uh, so EPLF is Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forums. We had a large event in November at the Oregon Convention Center uh, in partnership with Serving Our Neighbors. And, and that's how I started working with James at Serving Our Neighbors. And uh, uh, the Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum, EPLF, is, is really now under the Serving Our Neighbors umbrella as part of their initiatives for the collaborating with business and faith and, and government. Uh, organizations, so and it's an event that exhibits conferences and and speakers all on emergency preparedness, leadership,
1: and uh,
3: you know key aspects of preparing for for disaster.
1: So, how did the event go for you? I was unable to attend this time. It
3: went well, and uh, we are planning for uh, a fall event this year, uh, and we're working with uh, the University of Portland as well as a couple of other sites to look at hosting uh, some or all of the program. Uh, this coming fall, so we're in year two now, uh, which is great. So,
1: well, congratulations on that, and also as directing development for serving our neighbors. So, could you tell us how long you've been with serving our neighbors, Dan Terry?
3: Well, James and I just started working together over the last ninety days in the collaborative role. So, where I'm, I'm I'm filling that void as uh, for director. Uh, basically, my role is to make sure that we're we're getting some funds in the door to uh, to keep the mission that you know of working with collaborating organizations out there and. and uh, and keep that moving forward so
1: it's funny working with True Talk 800 and KPDQ that we have more listeners on our sister station the the fish however when it comes to radioathons or nonprofits or ministries that need help our listenership on the Christian teaching and talk stations is fierce and loyal and i love to see that so who is your target for helping you develop serving our neighbors? Who are you looking to speak to that might be able to say, oh, I believe in what they're doing. I don't need any attention. Let me write a check. There are people out there. Yeah. so I'm not one of them, but there are people out there <laughs> who'd like to help out. <laughs> well, uh,
3: you know, I think, you know, everyone can be part of our our, our support. and uh, But a key element, just to really kind of highlight one, is is really the business community. Uh, the faith-driven business community, where we really have a kingdom-minded focus in bringing Christ into the marketplace, so that is a that is a significant uh, part of where our dollars come from, uh, is the support from faith-driven business leaders.
1: So, Dan Terry, what is your definition of a kingdom-driven business or ministry?
3: Uh, so, you know, we work with a number of key business leaders that really make that a priority. That faith is is in their workplace. It's in its in it, its coming in in in. Uh, being a part of what they do on a on a uh, on a business basis to the community, to their customers, uh, and to their peers, and so uh, we know and have worked with a number of you know key CEOs and and leaders of companies uh, that really make that a priority and, and and putting you know Christ in their workplace as a major focus to how they run their companies and their organizations.
1: And are these companies open to completely? non-religious employees? And how does that affect them in-house? I'm curious. Well, that's a, that's a great question. Uh, you know, it's it's the leadership piece of it that's
3: really critical. So uh, a lot of great companies out there have, uh, you know, CEOs that are, are Christians, uh, and but their employee base is very diverse. But the integrity and the aspects of how they run their organizations make them great places to work and great organizations yeah. based on and how they're leading and, and running their organizations.
1: And success is often a good indicator Mm -hmm. of how well you run your business. You could have the greatest heart and want to be nice to and spend time to your employees. But if you're not running your business well, that speaks on the kingdom of God if you so identify yourself. So do you have any great stories? I'll open this up to both you, Dan Terry, and you, James Autry, from Serving Our Neighbors. Any great success stories that stand out in your mind, of Serving Our Neighbors-related ministries that really stand out in that department?
2: Well, one particular one is a great friend, Tom Gillahan, with Sterling Communications. Uh, he's been, over the last couple of years, mentored by one of our mutual friends, George Ledoux, who was one of the pastors that came up with the name in 1999, Serving Our Neighbors, and this whole idea, and invited me as a business guy to meet with a bunch of group of pastors to talk about this. But he took uh, built a relationship with Tom, and Tom had spent several million dollars on marketing and sales and penciled all that out and brought it all back together after a couple years, and he'd made 10 bucks. That's how much his company had grown, $10. And he said, this is not working. <laughs> I can't continue this. And it really got him to the place where he hit that place where I got to turn this whole thing over to God. I love him with all my heart, but he's this is his business. He's got to take it, and that's where God brought this man, George LeDoux, to mentor him, pray with him, be on staff at the uh, the office there with this you know technology company that does the same kind of stuff that Comcast business does. Pray with the people, talk to people, you know, talk about life issues, and this whole curriculum called the Identity Project grew out of this relationship, and all of a sudden. With very, maybe one or two salespeople, the stuff started flying in the door. I mean, it just started coming in everywhere. And Tom's business just grew and grew and grew. And it was one of the fastest growing companies in Oregon, recognized by the Portland Business Alliance. You know, it's just when he totally gave this thing over to God, he took it and ran with it. And just like the disciples who'd been out all night (laughs) fishing, and Jesus comes up and says, Hey, Take me out there and let's put the nets on the other side of the boat. Now Jesus is not a fisherman; he's a carpenter. What does he know about fishing? But he said, "Okay." Peter said, "Because you say so, I'll do what you're saying." You know, like we've been—we just cleaned these nets, and now you're going to put them outside and put it on the other side of the, fi- of the boat where we don't usually do that. And they caught so much fish that they had to call their competitors over on the shore to come and get the fish, and then they left it to follow him. Wow talk about profit that, that was used for the kingdom whoa that's an amazing story <laughs> it really is and
1: if you need a visual friends I just flew back from a, a dear uncle's memorial service yeah. at New Jersey but on the flight back I caught the movie risen
2: uh, have you seen that I have.
1: So, so the whole visual about the fish on the other side of the was extremely well done mm-hmm. in the movie risen wow so I'm glad to see that and Tom Callahan is just a great guy. He's a beautiful soul, extremely generous and humble about it all at Had once. He's a great
2: company, but made ten bucks with all this, you know, system of how the world does marketing and sales and stuff like that. And he said, nah, we'll just, you know, let God's Holy Spirit, direct us." And, and you've got to run a business like a business. I'm not saying throw that out the window, but I'm, and we do have teachers like Patrice Sege with Nehemiah Project that teaches biblical entrepreneurship, and Ford Taylor with Transformational Leadership. And those guys who teach you biblical principles, but they're kingdom principles. They're biblical principles that work in business because Jesus was a businessman. God designed the life to work a certain way. If you don't do it this way, it won't work. And that's So what how, we're
1: do, about. how do we check our motives out the door? Are we trying to draw closer to Christ as Christian business people? Are we trying to succeed and think, well, gee, God, if if, if we hit the fl- Forbes 500 and make all these millions of dollars. Think of how many more people we could help for you. Are we doing this for him? Or at times do we need to suppress our own hearts and say, God, wherever you will take this business, up or down, I want what you want first, versus I'm going to pay my penance and hook me up with the money
2: guy. <laughs> it's all a relationship. And it's the you need the Holy Spirit speaking into your lives to check your motivations, and see where they're really at, and only he knows how to reveal that. Sometimes he brings a brother along and says, dude, you're missing it on this area. Like Ford says, you got lettuce in your teeth, and you didn't even know it, <laughs> you know, and he loves you enough to say, uh, you're missing it in this area. So, you know, again, as we commit things to the Lord, he lifts us up.
3: I think that that's a great point. I think uh, the peer-to-peer piece of it is critical, so mm. the collaboration between th- other owners of companies and leaders and senior managers uh, who have who are like minded uh, who can also share what they're doing in the marketplace to to peers that may not be familiar with it or know that they they can connect with other leaders that have maybe that mindset and then I think there's a sharpening that occurs and so part of what you know being uh, able to to figure out if you're going to you know you know what your motives are is also having some peers who are with you like James said you know can say you got lettuce in your teeth or and uh, or, or can help you along the way. It, it, George Leduz of the world and, uh, and and other mentors, and that's critical. So part of what I think Serving Our Neighbors does is really build that collaboration between organizations and people to, to continue to bring people into the fold to help counsel and chisel you and, and sharpen your saw, so to speak, and uh, allow that process to take place. And, so,
2: and that's what we did in the Christian Chamber. We built that community, and, and now that community needs to connect to government. It needs to connect to... The greater church, the pastors and ministry leaders—that's what's next for the Christian Chamber.
3: I conference. think it comes with case studies like yeah. Tom Gillahan, so yeah. you can share that, and somebody in an audience will go, "Yeah, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow, that's that's great. Yeah. I want to know that story. I want my company to be like that company, yeah. and and
2: don't they have not
3: identified a path yet to to be there."
2: Yeah. Paul said, um, "Follow me as I follow Christ." You know, Tom will say, "Hey, follow me as I follow the Lord." <laughs>
1: We've got about a minute and a half before break, gentlemen. I'm speaking with, serving our neighbors, James Autry, the community collaborator and executive director, in addition to development director, Dan Terry. So, gentlemen, George Ledoux is a beautiful man, and he's a great pastor and mentor figure. So, obviously, it's God using his will through George. Okay, but what strength of George Ledoux in particular have been helpful to businesses in this area?
3: yeah you know it's his experience with working you know for over forty years with businessmen and 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 coaching them and understanding uh he was a business guy. and he was a business guy, so being a pastor and a business you know uh leader as well has really lent him the experience to work with uh a number of folks and start having the success with like tom gillahan and, and many others uh His program, which i'm also on the board of the identity project is now growing throughout the United States and is being translated into Spanish and French and other languages because there's such a hunger by the business community to, to have those tools. Uh, and so, But it really, I think it comes down to the fact that he's got 40 years of, of experience, some hits and some misses and some learning with, uh, with the, the Holy Spirit leading him, that he's been able to, to lend his experience to business owners and pastors alike. Mm-hmm.
1: Great words of encouragement and experience from Dan Terry, Development Director, and James Autry, Executive Director and Community Collaborator from Serving Our Neighbors. With more information online at servingourneighbors.org. That's servingourneighbors.org. Don't forget, March 23rd, 4 p.m., the meeting at the Aladdin Theater. More details on that are at prayingforpdx.com, prayingforpdx.org. You'll find it there, and I will also link those links on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. More with James and Dan next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. You're listening to Difference Makers on True Talk 800. I'm Mike Lee here with my dear friend James Autry, serving as community collaborator and executive director of Serving Our Neighbors and also from Serving Our Neighbors, Development Director Dan Terry, who you may remember as being the event manager for the EPLF Emergency Preparedness Leadership Forum event going on. So Dan, tell us where you grew up. I'm curious.
3: Uh, mostly Northwest. I, uh, I spent a lot of my youth in Idaho, Boise, Idaho. And I was a young two or three-year-old kid when I moved to Boise with my family. And somewhere in my early teenage years, we moved to Portland and graduated from Hillsboro High School, 1981 Spartan, and then uh, went down to Western Oregon, went to college in Monmouth. So I graduated in 1986 and have lived in either Salem or Portland area for, or since then. So been pretty much a, I'm an Oregonian. So,
1: so was the Terry family church going Christian family as you were growing up? It, it was, uh, my, my, my mom was a
3: devout Catholic. My dad was a Methodist. Uh, and so it was in between two of those. And, uh, we, uh, we continued to go to, to either one or mostly the Catholic church growing up. And then, uh, sometime in the early mid nineties, I, Friend of mine took me to Rolling Hills, and I started going to Rolling Hills, and then uh, and then it was A.T. Creek because Rolling Hills had some. We moved, and and uh, now I'm at Willamette Christian. In the last five six years, so in West Lynn,
1: all three really good churches. Yeah, I have great yeah. admiration for not because of simply the leadership and the pastors, but the impact that each of those churches makes directly in our community speaks volumes. Yep.
3: And I, and I actually, we lived in Milwaukee for a number of years, and we actually journeyed over here to Calvary Chapel Southeast. It's not too far from here. Oh, right on the a, corner. And it's a great church. Uh, Doug Snow is a great pastor. And
1: Calvary Chapel Southeast, another great community making a difference in the area. And They dropped off donuts for us on Solicitor for no particular reason. <laughs> no agendas, just because Crispy they creams. wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so they I'm big on donuts and food if you haven't figured that out by now. So we're also sitting with James Autry, um, our executive director. For serving our neighbors. But Dan, tell me, growing up with parents who were Catholic and Methodist, when did your faith become your own? Was it before the Rolling Hills days? And how did you negotiate coming up from a diversity of religiosity yeah. and choosing what you've chosen?
3: Well, so I was a pretty constant churchgoer as a Catholic young man, and I continued, that's kind of where I kind of. Really hung my hat, and it's kind of where we uh, were primarily as a family. And then in 1986, I graduated from college, and I was going to a small Catholic church in uh, in Monmouth. And then uh, I had a tragic accident in my family, where both my parents passed away in a plane crash. And uh, so for a couple of years, we I just really struggled with my faith, and and uh, and so I just one day I was at work, and I took a walk at lunch, and I had a little green. Gideon's Bible and, and I opened it up and I, I wrote in there and said today, December 23rd at 1245, I've given my life to Christ officially. And this is Lord, I'm yours. And (laughs) I laid in the, I think I laid in the back of my truck. I had a truck, it was nice sunny December 23rd day. It was odd. And I laid there and I thought, okay, it's different now. And, uh, and it wasn't for a while, but, uh, it felt I, there was changes occurring. And so for about a two year window, um, I could see major changes happening in my life relationships. And I, I, I was still going to the Catholic church at the time and, and had a great uh, priest that I was friends with. And in actuality, uh, the priest that from a grade school in Idaho was now the priest at the uh, grades or the church I was going to at that time. So it was kind of a weird, you know, 20 years later kind of thing or 15 years later.
1: Did he remember you as a he boy did, in Idaho? He did
3: an altar boy. And so uh, he laughed about that. So my wife and I got married in the Catholic Church, and um, and he did not see, get to see that through. Uh, but at, in 1994, I was going to Our Lady of the Lake in, in uh, Lake Oswego, and I got connected with Promise Keepers mm-hmm. and started going with a group of Promise Keepers who, from Our Lady of the Lake. And uh, and so through that course of that time, within the next two years, I was going to Promise Keepers. I was getting very involved and then suddenly I was at Rolling Hills and uh, and I really liked it. I really I really connected there and we had a young daughter and she connected there and, mm. and and Well it's
1: a wonderful big church with so many programs, not only for the churchgoers, but for the surrounding communities. So at the time you were at Rolling Hills, was Dale Abel still the Dale was still there and wonderful uh, man, incredible. Teacher. I love Dale.
3: He he uh he dedicated my kids and uh I was there pre big building kind of thing. It was still the smaller building that they had and and uh and so um it was uh it was pretty small. It was getting packed. It was getting we had to fight for seats at service and <laughs> it was uh it had a lot of parking but very small
1: sanctuary when mm. it came to the number of people attending church That's there. The little fellowship
2: hall now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which explains
1: their massive expansion and then that beautiful large sanctuary. Yeah. So tell us about going to Athey Creek. Brett Meadors is a, a brilliant, brilliant yes. teacher. Well,
3: so through the 90s, one of the things I did was I would work out in the gym and listen to John Corson's on the radio from, uh, you know, from Calvary Chapel and uh, and Applegate Fellowship down. In, and he had a radio show every, you know, I think it was every day at 9 or 10 in the morning. And that's who my lunch hour was at work. Where I was was working in an event company because I worked East Coast. And so I'd listen to John Corson's and then and, and I'd work out and get my message, you know, from him. And I really love the teaching of Calvary Chapel. And so um, a friend of mine, when I was at Rolling Hill, said, you might really like Athey Creek because he's he married John Corson's daughter, and, and it's very it's a good church. And, and I went over there one day with my wife, and my wife said, I love it here. This is awesome. And um, And so we went there for probably four or so years. But they moved to Wilsonville, and we were living in Milwaukee, and it got more difficult to get there. So, uh, we ended up eventually, we attended Calvary Chapel Southeast for a while, and then uh, my kids fell in love with Willamette Christian because they had friends there, and so we went where our kids were really connecting and having yeah. a good, you know, experience. And now I live in West Lynn, right across the street from the church almost, and I have no excuse never not to go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it literally, I Drive by the church every day on the way home and every day on the way out. It's a beautiful
1: <laughs> campus, too. I love the view yeah. from that hill.
3: It's yeah. gorgeous. And it snows up there when it's not snowing below on the lower part. We're at 650 Elevation or something crazy like that. So we'll walk out on any given Sunday in the winter, and it'll be snowing when it's raining on,
1: at, on 205. <laughs> uh, welcome to Oregon, friends. So I'm glad to hear that. And, and it's funny that... John Corson's on all these years later. You can hear him at 6.30 on Searchlight with John Corson on our sister station, oh, 93.9 awesome. KPDQ. And you brought up a good point, Dan Terry. Yeah. We can go working out at the gym, walking our dog, going running, but you could take our phone apps with you and listen to ministries at the same time. And they're absolutely free for both 93.9 KPDQ and for True Talk 800. So it's encouraging to hear that the efforts we make here at Salem Media Group are continuing to reach lives and get the Word of God out there in all different sizes and denominations and colors and preachers. And I love to hear stories like that because it makes it all worth it. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, in,
3: back in the 90s, all we had was a Walkman with a radio. <laughs> exactly. So I love the fact that we have all the technology connections now effectively used can, and, and
1: purposely used can be helpful. So. <laughs> so one of the things that Dan Terry had mentioned about the various churches that he has brought his family to over the years was the importance of... A connection point for the kids. So I'll ask you, Dan Terry, and you, James Audry. All three of us are dads. So, what do we look for when it comes to a church or a ministry? Not necessarily in the aspect of size, but in what it can offer—not only us, but our kids as well.
3: Well, um, I you know, when they were younger, I wasn't sure what I was looking for. In in, in the standpoint, I wanted a biblical-based church and it was teaching, you know, the Right core values and you know and and so we really looked for us as a family first. Where can a family get connected? But I also looked where my kids were growing and feeling. You know, I could see the growth in them, and where there was uh, you know active teaching and and uh, not you know not that there's many ways to reach our kids. Uh, and I see it even as they're getting older now. It's harder to keep their attention. Uh, and and but that 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 time that we were really looking for that right church. We wanted not so much programs, but just really good people that were working with our kids the right you know just knowing the church was really you know um, intentional intentional about you know our kids because we're handing our children over to somebody else for a period of time it's our job during the week and prior Mm -hmm. to church and so and I think when we found uh, you know Willamette Christian the one thing we noticed is that our, our kids really connected with other kids and and they were and I think it makes them want to go, and it makes them want to be a part of it. And, and I think that that's a really the relational piece of it is is, is now critical, especially now that they're in their teenage years. Mm-hmm. But you know, a biblically based church that's really focusing on those core principles was the first thing we looked for as a family. But you know, the aftercare with the with the young ones was really critical. So,
1: well, Dan yeah. Terry, you have the floor. By all means, boast on the best reasons to check out Willamette Christian Church if you're in the area or have, haven't plugged into a church right now. So, uh, Willamette's
3: a great church. It's a great church.
1: Yeah, for, what, what about it stands out to you, Dan? Since since you have your family going there now,
3: great teaching. Uh, I really love the pastors. They they really it's it's um, I call it it's more meat and potatoes. I like I like the fact that uh, uh, you know that we the, the at least the core teaching uh, through through service has been ex- exceptional, but the worship has been as well phenomenal. and We really like the worship there. Um, and you know the people again. It's coming down to connecting with the folks that we know there and uh, and and know well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it really, it's I guess sometimes it's one of those things. I go to church and look forward to seeing them uh, at the service that I'm attending. You know, saying because it, it, it may be the only time we do c- connect with with some of those folks. But it's a very warm, welcoming community. Uh, if someone would to just visit for the first time, would be very welcome and feel just really at home there. It's got a very northwesty kind of. Fireside kind of feel. So
1: that I would like to say should be (laughs) a common thread between all of the congregations in the area to be welcoming to those coming for the first time. So we're speaking with Dan Terry, Development Director, alongside James Autry, Executive Director and Community Collaborator for Serving Our Neighbors, a 501c3 nonprofit group right here in Portland, Serving Our Community. More information at servingourneighbors.org. That's servingourneighbors.org. Please also check out prayingforpdx.org and pdxcivicforum.org all of which I will post on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. More with James Autry and Dan Terry next on Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Thanks for joining Difference Makers on True Talk 800. Mike Lee here with James Autry, Executive Director and Community Collaborator from Serving Our Neighbors. And Serving Our Neighbors Development Director Dan Terry is here as well. So gentlemen, I wanted to thank you for taking time out in your busy day to just hang out and talk and discuss things like housing. And homelessness and the foster care crisis. So please join us for 90 minutes, just 90 minutes of conversation between faith and government leaders, spotlighting issues that are critical to our region's future. It's coming March 23rd from 430 to 6 at the Aladdin Theater, this beautiful historic theater in Portland with free admission, refreshments provided and let's have a conversation and see what we can do in the area. So, James, you in particular are just plugged into so many things all at once. What else do we need to know about besides this housing, homeless, foster care crisis discussion at the Aladdin. Anything else you'd like to invite people to?
2: Certainly. Well, uh, we did close down the Christian Chamber of Commerce last fall. Uh, The Lord put upon our hearts that we had a model that was not really connecting to the different ethnic groups that were supporting us or wanting to support us, uh, millennials and young business people, or as well as high-end CEOs. They just didn't need uh, what we were providing, and they loved what we were doing. And so that model is being recreated, relaunched. Uh, I think we're going to call it the Marketplace Coalition. And so words will be coming out and emails will be sent out about that. And it's to kind of start putting to action the things that we've been praying about and we've been talking about and to say this is what we can do together. And so the whole focus of the Marketplace Coalition is to come out of this meeting on March 23rd and say, okay, this is what we've heard now, what can we do and how, what resources do we have access to to add to what's already taking place and take it to the next level and take it to the next level? And so that's, been, uh, that's, that's in development. More will be coming about that. But aside from that and, and really keeping that, that Christian community together, we've got educational partners, like we mentioned, the Identity Project, Biblical Entrepreneurship, Transformational Leadership, a new one coming online called Transformational Finance. All these are critical to give you that kingdom mindset so that you're serving your community. But then we have some outreach events taking place, one that I love every year, we've always been a part of, and then I'm I'm managing it again this year, is the Good Friday Breakfast. Every Good Friday, we meet at the convention center, have a great breakfast. Here, incredible speaker, we got Ken uh, Caldwell. He's a former CEO of Papa Murphy's, sharing his story, how he's almost killed by a bike accident. And the journey that he went through to, to be where he's at today and what God's done in His life, and this is an opportunity where you can bring other business associates and people to the breakfast, and they'll hear a message, and they'll, you know, be, they'll be asked to make a decision for the Lord. And so, it's a very big community event that we can't put on a Plow Festival every single year. You know, cost a million and a half dollars to do that, but we can put together an annual event uh, like this called the Portland Good Friday Breakfast. And so, I encourage people to check that out and join that. And then we're also working on the Clark County Prayer Breakfast again in November and partnering with the YMCA here locally to maybe perhaps see, you know, Clark uh, prayer breakfasts is happening in other counties around the city and be able to uh, bring uh, leaders together. But I, what I love about the prayer breakfast is that we bring mayors and com- county commissioners, first responders, wounded warriors, active military, and we just say, hey, we want to say thank you. It's a very honoring event, inspiring testimony. Uh, it, it's a good good event that allows people to express uh, what they like about our community and how we need the folks that are in leadership, and we need to pray for them. That was commanded in the Word to do. (laughs) Pray for your leaders.
1: Very healthy reminder from James Autry. And what I love about Portland's Good Friday Breakfast, gentlemen, is it's big. It's been done well and consistently over the years. And it's a really evangelical event when you think of the fact that you could bring a friend of no faith or belief whatsoever, and it's okay. If anything, it's more geared yes. toward those who are not Christians yeah, exactly. than to the actual Christians. We're not trying to preach to the choir at the Portland's Good Friday Breakfast, and some of the speakers who've seen over the years, from Elder Broussard to Nick Voyacek, really confirmed that, because these are names that people want to see, not strictly church people. So Dan, anything exciting coming up in Dan Terry's life or that you're looking forward to, whether or not it's involved with Serving Our Neighbors?
3: Yeah, so James and I have been working to uh, really kind of establish our new advisory committee this year for the Portland EPLF, um, and uh, we have a meeting coming up in March uh, for April, that, April. or I'm sorry, April 4th, uh, for that uh, that launch. So we're going to work with 35 to 40 leaders from both government, faith, and business Uh that will help set the foundation for for the Portland event um, this fall. We also are working uh, in starting to work with Belmont and Vanderbilt universities in, in Nashville on the launch of our program there this year as well. So we have uh, another spring advisory meeting as well as a kickoff event in June uh, at Belmont University. And then we're looking to host our EPLF program. Uh, in the end of November, beginning of December at Vanderbilt University in collaboration with those 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 schools.
1: Very good, Dan and Terry. So in our last several minutes here, I want to ask both of you, Dan Terry, and you, James Autry, from Serving Our Neighbors with more info at servingourneighbors.org. How has it been in your experience when you try to bring government, business, and faith communities together? It's not always the easiest of roads. So how's it been for you personally?
3: Well, so I'm, I'll... James has been doing it a lot longer than I have, so we uh you know we've worked this last year to to really kind of establish the Portland program to do that, and I thought it was actually quite easy really to bring the government uh and the business leaders to the table. Uh, it was probably a little harder to bring the faith community to the table than I anticipated and I'm not sure all the reasons for that, but i what we found was is that this was the one place that everyone in the government level, county, state and, and local municipalities were eager to work with the faith community? They exactly. were desperate to work with the faith community and and it seemed to be the just the kind of the territory that was like, "Wow, this is right fields for us to be able to put everyone together' Because they're so desperate for the support, uh, it, when that disaster comes, it's, it's, it's the vital relationships in the faith community yeah. that are there. So. Yeah, but not, that
1: wasn't always the truth. <laughs> it, are there certain factors that you believe turned the tide,
2: gentlemen? Is it people like School Partnership Network? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, the environment that's been created here with all of the service that's been taking place for years, all the prayer that's been taking place for years, yeah. uh, that's created this openness that we now experience. And we saw this in Nashville. We had a small luncheon for about 17 people from government and faith and businesses. They demonstrated at this little luncheon what we needed to help them with, and that is they're doing incredible stuff in their area, in their world, but they don't talk to each other on a consistent, intentional basis. And they said, you know, if I'd known you were doing that, I would have done this. And like, guys, you're demonstrating why you need us to, to bring you together. And that's what we experienced in the Portland metro area as well. We brought the Jewish community, we brought the LDS, the Mormons together with the faith and, 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 and uh, the evangelical Christians and the Catholics, because uh, everybody's affected by any kind of a disaster, any kind of flood, fire, earthquake, tornado, hurricane, all those type of things. And we all need to have all hands on deck to make sure that we recover. And 90% of the work that's done after something happens is the faith community. They're there. They stay there. And government just comes in just to kind of coordinate, make sure everything you know flows well. And that's the critical point. If you don't know government and government doesn't know you, you're outside of the solution. You can't help because they don't know you, they don't like you, they don't trust you. <laughs> and they, you know, that's the critical element of why that needs to take place now. We need to build those relationships that know, like, and trust now so that when something does happen, uh, we can be a part of bringing life to the community.
1: Good words from James Autry and Dan Terry. Gentlemen, in our final minute... How can people get involved in helping out what you're doing with Serving Our Neighbors? Available online at servingourneighbors.org.
2: Well, again, just plug into that. Um, If you want to contribute, you can uh, contribute directly to EPLF or to Serving Our Neighbors. Um, uh, There's an email there. You can call me up, uh, connect with me, and I can put you on the mailing list, and you'll get updates on all the stuff that's happening. So. And yep. just show up and come to the meeting in March 23rd and and look for me, and and we'll be uh, there to connect with you.
1: And I will make sure to post all these websites on the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So James Autry, Dan Terry, serving our neighbors, thank you so much for joining us today. Anyone awesome. you want to send a thank you or a shout out to <laughs> on our way out?
2: I- I don't know who's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody at premier events. They've yeah, been awesome. Exactly. They're, they're, they're the company that helps us put all this stuff on. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Always great having friends and brothers in Christ in the studio who are impacting our community. Servingourneighbors.org is the website to find out more about Dan Terry and James Autry. That's servingourneighbors.org. Thank you so much for joining us here on Difference Makers on True Talk 800